0: We welcome you to the official Titans podcast from Indianapolis, Indiana, the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. My name is Mike Keith. Amy Wells remains here.
1: Hello, Mike.
0: It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Are you enjoying combining?
1: I love the combine. And I know people think that I'm being a little, like, extra when i say that i love it this is my super bowl i love it
0: you're like a cheerleader mother with the combine
1: (laughs) yeah i'm kind of like a cheerleader mother i suppose that's a bit of a reach but i'm here for it it's fine
0: titans radios head coach dave mcginnis is here coach mac hi mike keith you love the combine for different reasons i absolutely
2: do love the combine i love that amy wells loves the combine this is uh i mean this is an important part of what goes on so I'm glad to be here with you guys, and I do love the Combine.
0: Jim White is great in multiple states, including the state of Indiana, (laughs) the great Hoosier State, TitansOnline.com senior writer, editor, who has located his tape recorder. Near disaster, Jim White.
3: It was a near disaster because uh, obviously I've done a lot of interviews up here and I've done a lot of interviews during the course of the year that have been saved on my recorder. And we have a transcription network here uh, where people take different guys or sign different guys, whether it's the GMs or head coaches or players. So I was assigned uh, one player on podium two. The person who was assigned the player at podium three, when it was over with, took the recorder from podium two and uh, so I'm out a recorder, and I'm thinking, all this work. I probably had 400 files on there that I thought I would never see. But luckily, I looked over at Podium 3. The identical recorder, of mine was sitting on Podium 3. So I'm thinking whoever was assigned podium 3 mistakenly took the recorder from Podium 2. That's what ended up happening. Found that guy, swapped recorders. I'm back in business. Were there
0: any fisticuffs over this? No fisticuffs. Okay. It was handled
3: very well. John McClain put an announcement out in the media room upstairs, and fortunately the guy was in the room and said, if you picked up the wrong recorder, check it. I realized he had the wrong recorder. We swapped it out.
0: OT people, this is real life.
1: I'm telling you what, if you needed us, we'd be back up. <laughs> we'd come in a in a little squad. We'd back you up. We'd shake the guy down. Oh, we'd well, do. It was lucky because be if, if the guy
3: would have left the building and uh, not have been up
0: there, he probably would have realized it um, – tomorrow this not is, on our watch Jim. this is why people love you Jim they love to hear these stories <laughs> all right let's dive right into this edition of the OTP we know everybody's busy and wants to know what's going on on this Wednesday in Indianapolis Dave McGinnis we begin with you most interesting thing said by general manager John Robinson or head coach Mike Vrabel or both in their media sessions on Tuesday. What grabbed you?
2: For me, the first thing that John Robinson said that makes me know exactly why I appreciate him like I do, being a former coach, being a former head coach, when he said that he himself, as the general manager, was over at the train station interviewing players that were not formal interviews, That just tells me all I need to know about him. And he said that, and it was kind of a throwaway, you know, where he said it. But knowing that, I mean, John Robinson does not uh, operate as a general manager from an ivory tower. He is boots on the ground, and, and that is unusual for general managers to be over in the train station early in the day that impressed me.
1: It was a day where a lot of words were said, but not a lot of information was shared, but I did appreciate the savage comment that Mike Vrabel made about when asked to describe his relationship with Tom Brady. And he said undefeated. And that made me so happy.
3: Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, not what he said, but what he didn't say. And, and I get it completely, but the story coming out of yesterday was the fact that, that he seemed to, um, make it known that this team wanted to re-sign Derrick Henry and have him back as a part of this team in 2020. Uh, he he was a little bit more careful, both John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, with their words when talking about Ryan Tannehill. He didn't say that in those exact terms. And, again, I get it. I mean, you know, These are contract negotiations that are going on. I think a lot of people took that to mean maybe they're looking at another quarterback who's out there potentially in free agency, but um, you've got to keep in mind that, you know, this is a process that's going all the way to March, and Ryan Tannehill has an agent. I'm sure he's trying to get the most for his client, and uh, you have to kind of hedge your bets a little bit, and you have to play the game, and, you know, Dave McGinnis has, has seen this happen for for 35 years uh, in the league, and I think that's just a part of it, but, but that is what stood out to me more than anything else is – he said a lot of things that led you to believe they definitely want Derek Henry back. With Tannehill, it was more playing the game.
0: All right, I'll start with you with this one, Jim White. Most interesting things said about Mike Vrabel or John Robinson or the Titans yesterday on Media Day. <laughs>
3: I think the, you know, the the crew I hang with. Uh, the reporters, I think the most interesting thing was just the frustration that they didn't get anything more out of those guys. And, and they can't say anything about because You just don't know how they're working through. So that's, I heard a lot of griping, um, to be honest with you. because and, and that's what I expected to hear because I didn't think they would give up too many nuggets uh, at the podium.
1: Rolling through here with Titans apparel, and we are very clearly here as the Tennessee Titans, I kind of feel like the bell of the ball a little bit. Talking to different teams, people with other teams and media members and just while everyone's milling about here at the media center at the combine everybody wants to talk about the year that the titans had and everyone wants to talk about the success that we had and what's going to happen we're one of the most compelling stories in the nfl right now and everyone's kind of buzzing about it and that's a little unusual in this environment we're not usually in that position where everybody wants to have these conversations and have all these questions and it's been very exciting. I like being one of the coolest people in the room.
2: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of what she said because, you know, I'd, I'd run in a little bit different crowd with the coaches and, and all these players, and, and they nothing but respect for what's going on. We just had a visitor here, Kenny Valassari, long-time, long-time PR director at the Chicago Bears. His dad, long-time you know, AD at, at Notre Dame. Been in the league a long time. One of the first things he told Amy and I when we were sitting here talking was, I love your head coach. And that's coming from a, a, a Chicago Bears guy that uh, you know was with Mike Ditka. And the first thing he said was, your team plays like we used to play. That's
0: a huge, huge compliment. Coach, going to stay with you right here. Another team and one of their officials – who got your attention yesterday doing their podium? I, I'm going to go with Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach at, at the Cleveland
2: Browns. 37 years old, he's he's hasn't been in the league a long time. He's made a pretty he's made a pretty rapid rise when he was there at Minnesota. Uh, I've always been impressed with him, and 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 but but the thing that he said yesterday that was really interesting to me. I was a first time head coach here before, but I was older than that. You know, when I got my first job, what he what he said was. He hasn't been playing, you know, and they ask him, are you still going to call plays? Are you still going to call plays as a first-year head coach for your offense? He said calling plays was exciting. He said it wasn't fun. And then he backed that up by saying you're just at the end of the day, you're completely wiped out. You're washed out. And he said I will work I will work through that, you know, right now and decide. But he was very transparent. You know, when he said that, it's pretty interesting from a first-year head coach at 37 years old.
3: Yeah, I have to say, you know, because on a day when your GM talks and your head coach talks, I have to admit that I didn't bounce around and listen to everybody, but I did kind of try to catch up at the end of the day just on what was happening around the league. And the the stuff from John Lynch and the 49ers talking about Garoppolo is just still kind of amazing to me on a year when they go to the Super Bowl that you've got questions where John Lynch is having to, uh, to kind of give jimmy Garoppolo a stamp of approval that they are committed to him moving forward again wasn't that long ago when he was amy talking about being the bell of the ball i mean he was kind of an up-and-coming guy himself and now you're having to get him give him a little bit of a vote of approval i I think that's interesting
1: i'm intrigued by bruce arians at tampa bay and his relationship with Jameis winston he has been very public throughout this offseason talking about like well, we won a couple days and uh, won a couple games and Jameis didn't really help us that much. Like, he said these things all the time. And then yesterday... He just rattles off a list of free agents that, like, he'd love to bring in at quarterback. (laughs) Their dynamic is so bizarre to me. And I don't know what they text about, like, in the evenings when they're just interacting (laughs) together. I don't know what their dynamic is. But publicly, it always seems very strange. Like, he is not interested in making Jameis feel good about himself. It doesn't appear.
2: I know Bruce. Uh I know Bruce very well. Doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. Because Bruce Bruce has got – Zero cares given.
1: Yeah, he I mean, doesn't.
2: He's, he's, he is living his best life. Uh, you know, he was fired before <laughs> he – he was fired, did not have a job in the league, and all of a sudden he's coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, head coach of the year. So, doesn't yeah. surprise me anything what Bruce said, and you're 100% right, Amy. He will just – whatever he wants to say, he's going to say.
1: He'll flat out say it. Like, yeah, he's not a great player all the time. Sorry. No, like politi- that's
0: it. <laughs> political correctness, not part of the deal with him. If you love – stories about the nfl in february if you if you like to read them if you like to watch them if you're watching nfl network or espn or listening to sirius xm nfl radio or listening to your favorite team station in nashville listening to 104.5 listening to this podcast you're excited about the volume of nfl stories during the the combine amy wells most interesting combine story that you have seen read or heard to this point
1: I think that the way that the combine has changed and living it out right now and seeing how that's going to work with the interviews being changed and the workouts being at different times and the way that I mean this thing has been exactly the same since the beginning of time coach Matt can attest to that so seeing the changes and We had talked about it for months and months about, oh, the combine is going to be different this year and living it out and watching it play and seeing what works and what doesn't work and watching everybody adjust. And a bunch of people who do not like adjusting for anything. It has been very interesting. And I'm almost looking forward to having this be behind us and seeing the retrospective of what worked and what didn't work, and whether it actually had an impact, whether it be on ratings or the teams or what they were able to accomplish.
2: You know, in talking in talking with people, and that, that's at the top of everybody's list, this is brand new for everybody. And right. you're, you're 100% right, Amy. All of us that have been coming here to Indianapolis since they started having it here, everybody had gotten kind of into a Groundhog Day mold as to where you were really good and you, you felt like you knew what was going on. People are adjusting to this, and not only not only the, not only the teams, I've talked to people. You know, there are a lot of you know. Everybody is here with their trainers. They're here with their workout people. I've talked to those people, and they are in a different mindset now. Now, how do we prep our guys on a a, to get them ready to perform in the evening, rather than get them ready to perform? during the day. I mean, that's, that's how deep it gets. How, how are we going to feed these guys? How, how are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they, they've had to start doing it in you know before they got here. It's very interesting to hear everybody is dialed into that. And the NFL said they wanted feedback from this after this was over for everybody. And the other thing to this, one other caveat to that, the, because of that massive change, everybody is starting to lean towards where is this thing going to be next year? That's, that's the biggest thing that I'm getting from all the circles that I run in. They say, okay, they were ready to flip this upside down now what are we doing
3: and i'm gonna go and i'm before i go further i'm gonna compliment mike keith on the shirt that he's wearing today uh, our johnston and yeah. murphy
0: we're wearing the same we're, shirt the exact are, same I shirt yeah. <laughs> it. it's the otp brought to you by yes. johnston and murphy and we have khaki uh, pants on too. Yes. yeah Aww.
3: so uh so storyline i mean the storyline for me is uh <laughs> is another league one in this in in Amy mentioned the name Tom Brady earlier when talking about Mike Vrabel, but the story of the Boston Globe, I think it was late yesterday, I saw that Don Yee, uh, Tom Brady's agent, is scheduled to meet with the Patriots here at the Combine in Indianapolis. I think – I think everyone across the league is curious just to see how that one plays out, whether or not. Well, it can they be certainly resolved. are an NBA in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I get the sense that you know, obviously, people in 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 the Foxborough area are as well, because if you noticed at Mike Vrabel's podium yesterday, there was a. Patriots.com camera that just happened to be stationed there, and uh, they're very interested to see what our coach had to say, and then a Ben Volan from the Boston Globe hung around uh, his media session. Of course, Bill Belichick's not here, but uh, had a couple of other reporters from the Boston area that were poking around. Um, so Everyone across the league is curious how that one plays out, and we'll see whether anything comes out of this here in Indy.
0: These are up to the minute OTPs from Indianapolis. This one being done on Wednesday, uh, in the wake of what happened last night, the player representatives passed on to their membership the chance to vote on a new collective bargaining agreement. The vote was seventeen to fourteen. Well, one team abstaining. That would normally be the Raiders and everything. I don't know if it still <laughs> is now that Al Davis isn't with us anymore. But anyway, bottom line is the players are going to vote on an opportunity to put a new CBA into place in the next few days. Jim Wyatt, do they pass it?
3: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, um, you know, certainly you like to see the discussion. I think they've It seemed like they're trying to reach some compromises, and
0: um, I say yes. Yes.
1: I would say yes, too.
0: All right, so as you read some of the stories about potential CBA details and the changes, Amy Wells, you get first crack. What do you like the best?
1: One of the things I like, and this is kind of a lame thing, I guess, for us, but they were raising the – Um, minimum salary so much I think that that reaches so many people I mean there aren't that many guys in the NFL who make the blockbuster salaries a lot of the guys that play and a lot of the guys that fill the team are making your standard league minimum salary so I think giving those guys a bit of a boost and I think that that's that makes it a little bit more sustainable and I, I just really thought that that was a cool thing and will help it get passed a little bit.
2: No, I'm glad you asked Amy first cuz that's exactly what I was going to say. Look, they they're raising it. They're raising the minimum by 20%. Now, everybody that's listening to us has a job. If you were going to get a 20% raise.
1: I'd take I mean, it. And, and, and
2: I think and there, that's over half of the players in the National Football League are on minimum contracts. People don't realize that. Over half of the players are on that. So you ask me why I think it will pass. I thought that was a huge part of it. The other thing is, if you, if you read that thing a little bit, which I read some of the details on it, if they vote this in with 17 games, you've got 17 games for 10 years. It's not changing.
0: That is not changing. And so they can't go to 18, which the players like. That is correct.
3: Yeah, and I think the easy answer is I love the 17 games, love the extra playoff team, uh, but I also like kind of the increased number of uh, on the roster. I think it's going to 55, and then the practice squad, I like the the bump there and the fact, if it goes through, that you'll have two spots that will let you have unlimited experience you know a lot of those there's a formula on some of them where you you can play a certain amount of games or a certain amount of years or a combination of the two the fact that you can have some players on the practice squad just to keep them in it and keep them in shape and give you an opportunity to have a veteran that you could promote uh, I like the sound of that
0: coach Mack regardless of what you read it sounds like a 14 team playoff is coming this year it feels like we're moving towards seven in each conference and expanded playoffs. Do you like it?
2: Yes, I do like it. I like it very much. I've been on teams that have been ten and six and nine and seven and just missed. Okay. And 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 some of those teams, some of those teams are good football teams. And it depends on what you know what division or conference you're playing in sometimes when you when you missed out. I mean, and so I like it. I like it. I like that fact and I like the fact that you're gonna have three games that first weekend.
3: That'll be very exciting. And, and there will be some years where a team that, you know, with its that's eight and nine that ends up making uh, the playoffs. But the, the teams that, you know, that finish, you know, 11 and, and six potentially and don't make it, I mean, that, that's it, – it's worth it just for that. And all you got to do is look at the Titans this past season, a team that made it as a wild card at the last weekend and makes a run all the way to the AFC Championship game, I, I think – I think you you could leave quality teams out if you don't I think don't that it.
1: I think it's going to benefit the AFC South teams more than, I think, some other divisions. But I have a question because I think I've read conflicting things about what they're doing with the buys then. What do they do? How do they distribute the buys?
0: Ah, you've led me to the second point. Uh-huh. So what will happen is two will play seven, three will play six, Four will play five, and the only bye will go to the number one seed. Okay. So the question that I was just going to ask, and now that you've just heard that, I'll just get your quick reaction. Is that too much of an advantage, and will it cause a playoff imbalance because only one team in each conference will get a bye under this format?
1: I don't know. Should we ask the Baltimore Ravens maybe? Ooh. Oh, I, I think, think they're here. I think, here. She, I
0: think or, she just went undefeated on it. Yeah, I but think I, they're
1: here. Uh, we could probably ask them. Wow.
3: I hate to say it, though. The Titans have, have played that role a couple of times, too, since I've been around. It's in happened. 2000 and
0: 2008. 2008 uh, yeah. uh, Not this so, year, Jimmy. <laughs> so uh, I've seen it happen. Uh, All right, serious uh, question, though. Do you, do, yeah. is, it, is it because there are people who are concerned that one buy in each conference is too much of an advantage?
1: i I really don't think so. I think that there's advantages and disadvantages to that buy.
2: No, you've got to play the regular season first. I mean, the regular season matters. And to me, that should be a reward for being the best regular season team in that conference. I've got no problem with it. I've been on both ends of it.
3: Yeah, and I, I'm the same way. I think you need to be rewarded if you have the type of season where you earned a buy, but it guarantees you absolutely nothing. Now, speaking of buys, and I don't know whether Amy is alluding to this, I am curious. How does it affect the buys during the course of the regular season?
0: The 17 games? Right. Mm-hmm. Sticking with one okay. buy. Okay. As, as okay. it's been written now, there was a discussion of a double buy, but now there would be two weeks to prepare for the, for the first regular season game in terms of how it's structured in the talks, and then there would still only be one buy in what would be an 18 week season. Thoughts? Um, i like it
3: i'd love to see a situation better for yes yes but uh, yeah i like it so um,
0: I all right uh, so the teams have put in their information for the league according to the washington post about their thoughts on replay they have submitted all of their forms and their reaction teams hate replay review of pass interference they hate it they don't want it back they don't think it makes any sense. They don't think it's officiated fairly. I mean, it got a big negative. It looked like one of my report cards in ge- in geometry. So, Dave McGinnis, is review of pass interference dead after one year?
2: It's dead, and I'm happy. It was awful. It was awful. It was, it was a knee-jerk reaction to what went on with the Rams and the Saints. It was not well thought out, and then – when it was put into practice, the league, Al Riveron, would not make a decision disputing what went on on the field because he he just would not do it. I hate the way it's 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 officiated. I hate the way that it's reviewed, and and I want it out. I want it dead.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with Coach Mike. I mean, it's, it's just a waste of time at this point. I mean, I, I wish there was a situation where you could avoid having big calls missed, but if it's going to be handled procedurally like it was this past season. It's a waste of time.
1: Oh, see, I don't think it's dead. I think that the league is the league, and sometimes they tend to let things stick around just because it was their idea and they want to. I think they'll retool it. I think it'll be but a it little bit different. But it wasn't the league's different. idea. It was I guess co- that it was, it was the, the coach's idea. idea. Yeah, that's true. But still, I don't – But
0: a fair point. I
1: can't see it being gone after one year. I mean, it didn't work. Well, it was a full disaster. And but. the
0: NFL is pretty good at splitting the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they, they have this issue about different things. Right. So, let me give you – I'll give you the first crack at this one. Okay. Now what the coaches want is the sky judge. <laughs> okay, now the sky judge, according to the coaches – and Coach Matt, correct me if I don't have this exactly right – The Sky Judge sits in the booth, and if Sky Judge sees something, and this is a former referee, if he sees something egregious, he punches down, which is how review could survive. It could be left in the Sky Judge's hands. Several things could be left in the Sky Judge's hands. Dave McGinnis, what do you think of the Sky Judge concept, and do you think it's on the way?
2: I like that. OK, I like it because the, the, the speed of the game, we know how the speed of the game is moving. And, and, and clearly there is something you can see when you are not boots on the ground down on the field. I mean, we all do our games. We all do our games, you know, from up where you can see. You, believe me, I've been on the sideline. Amy's on the sideline. You guys have been on the sideline during a game. There's more that you can see up there. I like the Sky Judge concept.
3: I do, too. Yeah, I'm with Coach Mack on that.
1: I like it as well. I don't think that he becomes the pass interference guy because I feel like that's something you have to be on the ground for. I feel like you are I feel like you need to see what's happening in that situation see, and he, how you're pulling I and gotta, how you're
0: I gotta disagree with you. I think he has a better view of it from up there. And also would be able to click on a monitor to take a look at something.
1: I guess he'd have access to monitors, which would help, too, by having the different camera angles. I'm processing this in real time. The
0: only thing I hope is if they do sky judge. I think it has to be required that Sky Judge has to have dramatic music. So when the the button is hit. (laughs) Dramatic
1: music. So when
0: the button is hit (laughs) through the whole stadium, it goes,
1: (laughs) you
0: know, just this massive. Sky Judge. Sky Judge. Sky Judge. Judge. I
1: think we should only refer to him as such. Like this person, this person, this person, and Sky Judge. Well, by the way, if
0: Hockley ends up one of the Sky Judges, Big Ed, Uh you can bet he'll be referring to himself as Sky Judge. Sky Judge. Judge. Oh. Sky Judge Hoculate. Well, I really
1: like <laughs> it.
0: Time for What's Brewing as we wrap up this special NFL Combine edition from Indianapolis of the OTP. Jim Wyatt, what is brewing with you? Great one.
3: Brewing with me, just how did I get so old and how, much, how did so much time pass? <laughs> uh, I, I've covered Brad Hopkins and John Runyon, obviously. Uh, you know, during their playing days with the Titans. And here, staying at these podiums, looking at their kids now here, Bryson Hopkins, Brad Hopkins' son, who's a tight end at Purdue, and John Runyon, the tackle offensive lineman from Michigan, whose father, John, obviously played with the Titans, with the Eagles. Hard for me to believe that now some of these guys that I covered and saw these kids when they were little bitty around the facility, uh, now they're heading to the NFL.
2: You know what's brewing with me, and this is very personal, is how many of the names of the security dogs I know right now. <laughs> <laughs> I make it a point, to because I love dogs, everybody knows that, <laughs> and I make it a point, every time I pass one, I'll ask them, what's your pup's name, they'll tell me, and then I'll get engaged, I know all of them. And you're I, I, not supposed to pet them. You are not them. supposed no, to I, touch I, the No, I, I pet every one of them, and and, <laughs> and and they let me, you know, because they know that they know that when I get to it, and the dogs like me. So that's what's brewing with me is, is is I've got I know I know I've I've met seven. I know seven of them now. I mean, Bingo's waiting right over there for me when I get through with this. Uh,
0: I like that. And Bingo is his name. Is right. his name. <laughs> Amy Wells, what's brewing with you?
1: Here at the Combine, there are a lot of dudes. There just are. Everyone participating is a dude, lots of coaches, lots of scouts, a lot of the media members, all male. The female team reporters have a little tradition, and we all get together and we go out to dinner. We call it our girls' dinner. And last night there were, I think, 18 of us, which is the most we've ever had at girls' dinner. And it was it's such a cool thing. We're all on a group chat together. We text all the time throughout the season. It's a really cool thing that we've kind of started in the last couple years. And we went to dinner last night, and it was so cool. It's such a unique thing, and it has grown so much throughout the years. It's a really cool thing to be a part of, and I'm very proud of Girl Dinner.
0: Here's what I'm proud of. We've got a chance to go to two preseason games in this next deal. Don't do halfway and do three preseason games. Don't do that. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead and make it two. So you have one home game and one away game. That's what everybody wants. That's what the players want. That's what the owners really want. You'll make up the money and all the TV revenue you're gonna get, it's okay. Everybody, the fans want this. Please don't give us three preseason games. Please don't try to convince us to sell fans two preseason games every other year. Two preseason games total, one at home and one away. Years and years and years ago, we had to go out and sell to the fan base the preseason. It was a it was a big deal. We went out and we said, you want to buy the tickets, and the tickets are all the same price, including the preseason. And then when Roger Goodell took over commis- as commissioner, he criticized the preseason, which, of course, took all 32 clubs who have to go out and sell it and left us to say, great, the head of Thank our you. league is criticizing our own product. Okay, we're all over that now. We've forgiven you. You brought the draft to Nashville. Life's good. So now, be everybody's friend forever. Two total preseason games. Not 17-3, and 17-2. and two. That's what we want. A girl dinner's great. Two preseason games. (laughs) So much better. Two preseason games would be better. You'd give up those friends, wouldn't you? I would
1: give up. I'd give up my sister for two (laughs) preseason games. I picked her because she has not listened to this. The
0: (laughs) The bottom line, though, is I just think in this world where we can't agree on everything and players and owners can't agree on everything, I mean, you can't get people to agree on one thing. Everybody. Gets that two preseason games would be better. Mm-hmm. Just do this. So, yes. what are the chances that happens? Oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Wyatt, how do people follow you and all your fantastic content from here at the Combine? Look, okay, I've got my recorder back so I can continue to push out content, and I'm at, at J Wyatt Sports on Twitter and Instagram. J Wyatt Sports, and of course at TitansOnline.com. You are pumping out content like crazy. Great job. Thank you. Coach Dave McGinnis is with me on Titans Radio, and you're doing hits on 104.5 as well. I'm doing
2: hits on 104.5 at random times. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the midday is here, so I'm, I'm going on with them quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, you can hear me most any place. Yeah,
0: the guys are all here from uh, 104.5, and you can uh, have a chance to listen to them, 104.5thezone.com. Amy Wells, how do people follow you on the social media?
1: Uh, Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's pretty cut and dry. Well, I don't have much to say. We've got more Thank you for sharing TVs. about
0: the recorder. Thank you for sharing about petting the security dogs that you're not supposed to pet.
1: <laughs> thank
0: you for sharing about the girl dinner. I yeah. think it's a, a wonderful thing. Is, is that what you call it?
1: Well, that's what I call it. Do, it's it's all variations. Have, shouldn't that you thing?
0: have something a little more... You know, formal?
1: It's not really that formal. It's, it's pretty low-key. But a bunch it's of,
0: pretty significant, though.
1: It's very significant. It's a lot of fun. But, like, I ate nine tacos and wow. had some margaritas. Let me say something like, about it. Amy
2: shared the picture with me when I sat down here earlier this morning. She just said, look at this, Coach Mack. And she shared the picture with me from the first year she was here. There were three others plus Amy. There were four of them. And just with, in, in, in all honesty, that's very cool to see 18 now. Was the a, league's moving in the right way.
0: Absolutely. Was there a fight?
1: There was no fight. There well, was not a fight.
0: And once you get a fight, though, you'll really be on the. That's
1: map. when we rise. Yep. That's, that's it. That's next year. <laughs> We're working on it.
0: Is there
3: a hashtag that goes with this dinner?
1: No, but okay. we all post the same exact picture on social media, so you know who was there because we all posted the same thing.
0: It let's the authorities know <laughs> <laughs> who, who was, was there. <laughs> Yeah. For, for the great Jim Wyatt, for the, our coach, <laughs> Dave McGinnis, for Ashley Farrell, who's doing a big job here. Good job, and, Ash. Ash, thank you. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, reminding you a lot more OTP content coming from Indianapolis. Stay with us. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the OTP.